Content warning. This series will discuss topics that may bring up painful experiences for you. Please take the time to surround yourself with good medicines. If need be, pause the playback and go for a walk, stretch, have a glass of water, and come back to the show when you feel comfortable. Welcome to the Métis Speaker Series. I'm your host, Darian Kovacs. On this podcast series, we will be exploring learning, healing, and rebuilding within the Métis community. Our goal is to create awareness of and generate discussion about Métis issues, as well as how to heal from and move forward in a healthy way. We hope to reduce Métis invisibility in BC through the personal stories from our Métis community members. The show is brought to you by the Métis Nation of British Columbia and Jelly Marketing. Why don't we start with this? Do you want to just share maybe your full name and kind of the role you play within the, the Métis Nation of BC? I'm going to introduce myself in the traditional way. So my spirit name roughly translates as fair buffalo Northern lights woman and my French name given at birth. By my parents, Richard LaFontaine and Lietta born Poirier is Lynette LaFontaine. So I said that I'm a tea and I'm just spirit. I also am a parent of two growing that's age 22 and 21. So I am a citizen of the Métis Nation of BC. I'm Métis from my late dad, born in Big River, Saskatchewan. And the family names that are in the family that I'm related to are Morins, Pruden, Vandell, Marasti, Malibidi, La Valley, and of course the Ponting, both my dad's parents were Métis, and my mom is mostly French and Irish, and I grew up in central BC. That is awesome. And tell me about, can you describe the earrings you're wearing? So think about, remember, some people are listening over just audio only, and some are watching this, but those, especially those that are maybe just listening, tell us about the earrings you have. Oh, well, thank you for asking. So I don't very often wear my own vivid products. Generally, I'm making items for other people, but currently I'm making a lot of stock for markets and, you know, for Christmas presents and, um, I always have a list of people who ask me to make special items for these. So this is one of my beaded patterns. Earrings are really hot these days. <laughs> it's a very modern way for us to wear our pride and to show you know, where we really come from. That's awesome. And, and what would be the design? How would you describe the design for those that are trying to imagine it in their minds? Okay. Oh, right. Because we're on a podcast too. So they're circular earrings. And colors of, I'd say, like mustard, orange, and rust. So they have that circular center. And from there, I believe they're only about two inches in diameter. That's great. That's really cool. And you made those by hand. And so how, how long would it take you to make maybe the, the pair of earrings? Yeah, people are always surprised. Beadwork is known as slow fashion. And my partner calls it the slowest form of coloring ever. <laughs> So even a small, simple pair like this would take four to six hours to make from start to finish. And that's not including perhaps the designing elements or choosing the colors. 
you know, because so much thought and consideration. And we're known as the flower feedwork people, right? So often I'd be florals. They're beautiful. Thank you. So jumping right in here, I know we're going to talk about some big topics, but again, these are some words that have a lot of meaning and different meanings maybe to some people, but how would you, in your words, describe healing through culture? Yeah, I was thinking a lot about this before our interview. So as a trained nurse, the larger society, the Western school of thought would talk about health and healing maybe as an absence of disease. But when I think of healing, it's, it's an act, it's a doing, right? It takes consciousness and mindfulness. And I like to incorporate our, I think of our medicine wheel, the emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual aspects of our being. And healing will touch on every one of those aspects of our lives and I can say a lot more about that. What do you want me to say about it? No, it's great. That's <laughs> For you, when you hear the word healing through culture, maybe uh, seen it acted yes. out, or when you've exp- and, and maybe things that you've experienced, maybe things that you've seen, and then things that you've experienced when you think of healing through culture. Yes, I think there are so many ways in which there's healing through culture, knowing who we are and where we come from, like so our our identity, like even being able to say. I'm Métis and knowing my family names and all the places in which my family lived and were located for generations, that in and of itself was really healing. There's also, I can think of the first time I ever sat in a circle with an elder. I was 17 years old and I was moved to tears. And I remember being a little bit embarrassed being a youth and it was just so powerful to hold an eagle feather. And to be able to share, I felt so seen and heard. Yeah. And so that was my first introduction. And the the second part of that would be our smudge. Before that, my family hunted and fished and we gardened and we farmed and we harvested berries. So I think those were really indirect ways of being connected to being Métis in my culture. And later in my adult life, as I became a parent and started to look at those things within myself that I saw that were wounded, that were requiring healing. So we talk about intergenerational healing or our own childhood wounds. I turned to elders, which then led me to ceremonies. So fasting, going to sweat, participating in circles and community events having my own smudge bundle. A lot of healing happens in community. We can't do it by ourselves. And sometimes that means stepping outside of our families. So for me, for a long time, I felt like I was outside my family circle. And that's okay. It's led me back to a place of love. And going back to a place of love is also healing. And the art forms, so all the art forms I'm doing and learning are all healing tools too. It's amazing. And as people are listening to this and, and really inspired and, and excited, what are you seeing some of the barriers that people have encountered when it comes to cultural healing? Yeah, I think, I used to think I had a lot of barriers, you know, but when I started to learn how to seek, how to ask, 
and talked with people, it was all right there. So barriers could include not knowing which elders we have or who to approach or how to approach our elders. I think geographical location can play a big role. I think living here in BC, I've often felt really removed from the ancestral land and culture, but I've been seeing it grow and resurge and be shared more and more and more. I think it just takes asking, you know? Once I started asking, when I started to connect to the Meiji elders in Prince George, when you learn that there's a local there. And I think the internet can play a big role in connecting. Having this discussion with my mom the other day, that as a youth, when an art teacher told me, you're from a small place, you'll never be successful. And I put that dream to sleep. My mom said, well, we didn't, I didn't have the internet to go and look up role models of people from other small places who, you know, dreamed and accomplished their dreams. So I think places like Instagram or Facebook, on Instagram, there's a huge meeting community and people ask questions to one another all the time. We uplift one another. Maybe not everyone's willing to share, but most people are. That's really, really cool. Some great ideas there and inspiration for sure. What I think I want to ask about is the medicine wheel. What can mm-hmm. you share about the medicine wheel teachings? Yeah, the medicine wheel teachings is very deep and I really just know a little bit. I really think elders who hold this knowledge would be best to answer. But from what I know about it, creator and mother earth and ourselves sit in the center. And in all four directions, there are teachings that can guide our life. So we start in the East. That's when we're born. That's when we're babies. And in the East lives the start of the day. with like new beginnings. That's where ego lives. That's where air lives and tobacco. So there's so much depth of knowledge in each direction. And then as we move through life and we get, say, our teenage years, we're now in the South. We're growing up. And at each one of these stages, we're learning. So when we're babies, we really need our parents and our community and our grandparents. When we're youth, we start to move away from our parents a little bit and maybe connect more with our elders and with our peers. And then we move to the West, and that's where I sit now as an adult, where both of us sit. (laughs) And then we move towards being an elder. But then the circle is never ending, and it teaches us that nothing is greater than or lesser than that we're all equal. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. One thing we've mentioned already, you do beading, you beaded your own earrings. You have many other products, which we'll make sure we put a link to your Shopify store in the show notes. What can you speak to when we think of beading as medicine and how do those two worlds connect? Mm-hmm. I thought a lot about this too. So as soon as we add in the aspect of emotions and spirit, and I think our, our Mickey way of being really incorporates the idea of spirit being in everything. So I see beadwork as having agency. So if I could speak our language better, I would be able to identify maybe what we consider animate or inanimate. So rocks, we call grandfathers. You know, water is living. So I look at our beadwork as living. 
it has its own agency. It's telling a story. So it teaches me a lot of humility because it's really honoring to do beadwork for others that I know they're going to wear with pride. When we wear beadwork, we're wearing our culture. We're wearing our history. So for me, it's also a mindful practice. We're supposed to be putting in the thoughts and the prayers. As I shared before, it's slow. So there's this repetitious movement and our breathing will start to slow. And I just, I'll spend time sitting with my beading, telling it how much I love it. <laughs> it truly, you know, it's such a joy for me. So say during the pandemic at the beginning, especially in 2020, things were really intense and really uncertain. People's anxiety was high. We were, we were really scared what's happening, what's going on. And I was nursing full time. And at first I couldn't bead because all that was taking my attention. But later I needed to return to the act of beading to create something beautiful, to have something positive to focus on. You know, I laying those beads with my thread and needle meant that I was a control, but it's like I could do something that when everything else felt out of my control and unpredictable, I can predict how I'm going to lay those beads. And it's okay if I need to take it apart and start over again. That's also another lesson. And we have this beautiful teaching of the spirit bead, which is a humility bead. It's one of color bead that we put in our work to remind ourselves that we're not perfect. No one is perfect. And so it becomes this perfectly imperfect thing. It, it teaches us to love ourselves and to have compassion and patience. And when we give that work to someone else, there's this reciprocal, beautiful thing that happens. And it has surprised some people that I've shared knowledge with and they you know, reached back to me and said, I did not anticipate how that would make me feel by giving these beaded earrings to someone. There in itself is medicine too. That is amazing. My daughter in grade one recently got a beading lesson last week from the indigenous workers that are in the Langley school district. And she brought home this bracelet that she had made at school, which I thought was so special. Wonderful. What else would you like to share with listeners? Gee, I think we can edit this out, Darian. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> okay, I know. Okay, here's something I, I thought about. I thought a lot about the word that I use as an artist. So another word for us as Métis people is Othopensuak. It means we're the boss of ourselves. And to me, that's really powerful that we always have choice. It does partner with Wakotuin. So being mindful, even though we're the boss of ourselves, being mindful of how our actions, including our words, impact others. And so even when I went through nursing school, I took charge of my learning. In my second year, that's when I wanted to learn leadership language and I wanted to get credit for it. And through that, I volunteered with the Métis elders and I volunteered over 200 hours with them over four months. And it was life-changing. That was the summer I learned to be. And I would use the words of our elders in my papers because we didn't have a lot written. We didn't have a lot of research or books done, you know. So even 10, 15 years later, there's so many more people putting those words on paper so that we can refer to them. And I always chose words that would incorporate our culture. So my first job was at Central Interior Native Health Society, which meant that 
I got to work with an elder and other Indigenous people. And sometimes I would be with them. And so wherever I would go to nurse, I would bring my whole self and I would have to make that space, which also requires some education on how to be culturally safe, how to be inclusive. And so, yeah, that word bundle has really strengthened me on my path as I kept putting the pieces of the puzzle together in my family. So post-residential school, post-resistance, my generation and the ones that come after are really reclaiming our pride. And I got to see that in my dad before he left us too early. He started to remember our midship work. And he started to ask my questions. But I could see that pride returning in him. And so I hold those memories really dear because it, it has felt lonely on my path to reclaim. And I think that just has to be appealing. Has to be with a lot of shame, a lot of racism, a lot of discrimination, a lot of pain. Thank you for sharing. There are listeners and watchers that are thinking, how do I get started in beating? What's that first step? I want to be like Lynette. Or they may think, I want some of that healing. I want to get on that healing journey of beating. Where's a, where's a good like first step for them to get on the beating train? Yeah. There's lots of beating circles now. When I first moved here to Vancouver Island, so moving from Prince George to Vancouver Island, there's a, a wonderful... Métis local here, and I've had people that I followed and followed me on Instagram, and we met. So immediately I had friends and felt like I was welcomed here. So I think folks could reach out to people in their community or just like be brave and approach someone, you know, including myself. There's a lot of people sharing the beating knowledge now. And there's more access to the supplies. So feeding stores, whether that's online or in person. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So if, if someone was to go into like a Michael's, <laughs> would, would the beads there work? Yes. They would. Okay. So it's, so Michael's beads are Lynette approved. Well, you know, another beadwork artist, Susanna Schnabe, did some of that work with Michael's and improved their access, actually. Because he couldn't even five years ago. And Gregory Schofield has put out really great books with the Gabriel Dumont Institute. You know, so there's actually a how-to reading with a DVD and a step-by-step booklet. <laughs> great. And those that don't know, what is a DVD? Oh, I know, right? It's like a CD that you could play. <laughs> it's like <laughs> YouTube, but a physical <laughs> YouTube disc that goes into another machine that plays YouTube videos on your TV. <laughs> Edit this out, but the Gabriel Demond suit needs a link to uh, a YouTube video or something. <laughs> like, who's going to play this DVD? <laughs> That's great. That's so great. When you look to the future, what gives you hope right now? What gives you like, man, tomorrow is going to be a better day? Absolutely. My kids are proof of that. My kids have been a big motivation on my healing journey. I was really fortunate to have my mom start to do work and lead the way around healing. And then so that motivated me even before I had my kids around how I wanted to be the best version of myself, which is constantly a work in progress. And I hear them shaking up the status quo. I hear them be so proud and sure alongside feeling anxious 
because the world is changing and we're still trying to catch up. So what gives me hope is that with each generation comes more healing. I was taught that when we heal, we heal seven generations back and seven generations forward. So when I'm picking up these pieces, I'm carrying that for future generations. And so my kids being able to see me and hear me and feel our culture alive and thriving, that gives me hope. That's amazing. Lynette, thank you for sharing with us today. Marcy, I appreciate all that you brought to our listeners and viewers. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week on Métis Nation Talks. And we'll see you next time on the show. This has been the Métis Speaker Series podcast. I'm Darian Kovacs. Thanks to the Métis Nation of British Columbia for making this possible with funding provided by the Civil Forfeiture Office's Indigenous Healing Stream. You can listen to all of our episodes, learn more about the podcast, and sign up to the Métis Nation of BC newsletter to stay up to date on Métis news at metispodcastseries.ca. You can find out more about the music we're playing by Love Life by visiting SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash lovelifeofficial, L-U-V-L-Y-F official, and link in the show notes for your convenience. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast listening device. See you again soon. Mina Kawapa Mitten. Thank you, Marcy, for listening.